Arturis Antonio, I'm a consultant pharmacist for cardiovascular medicine at Bart's Health NHS Trust and just talking a bit about anticoagulation and there are two parts to our session. One was about the importance of anticoagulation. This in particular reference to stroke prevention atrial fibrillation where we know that a vast majority of patients are still on aspirin albeit that they're such high risk that they should be considered for anticoagulation. Now, part of this reason why they're still on aspirin is the perceived risks associated with anticoagulation and the perceptions that aspirin in particular is safer with respect to the risk of major bleeding. And in particular, if you look at the prescribing patterns, we know that if you're aged above 80, you're more likely to be prescribed an antiplacelet therapy as opposed to an anticoagulant therapy. One that we've already established was due to major bleeding, but also the perceived risks of falling with patients over the age of 80. And there's been some statistical modelling data that suggests you need to fall over 295 times a year for the risks of warfarin to outweigh the benefits. Now, clearly, most patients, care the elderly patients, tend to fall maybe once or twice a year. So the take-home message here is if somebody's had one fall, that's not a contraindication. However, if you've had a person in front of you who's fallen two or three times the past month, then it's clearly an indication for a referral and to hold off anticoagulation until that's been established as to the cause of the falling. With specific reference to the risk of major bleeding and whether that's perceived to be safer in the elderly, there was a study specifically recruiting patients over the age of 75 called the BAFTA study, so that's B-A-F-T-A, and they recruited patients over the age of 75 and then randomised them to either warfarin with an INR of 2 to 3 or aspirin 75 milligrams daily. And in line with the previous studies, it showed that warfarin was more protective in reducing your risk of stroke or systemic embolism. But what it also showed was that there was no statistically significant difference from the risk of having an intracranial hemorrhage, so a bleed in the brain, nor a difference in the risk of extracranial hemorrhage, so a bleed outside of the brain, whether that's a GI bleed, and there was simply no difference between aspirin and warfarin. So the take-home message is that warfarin is three times more effective than aspirin in reducing your risk of stroke and systemic embolism, with no difference in major bleeding, whether that's intracranial hemorrhage or outside of the brain. So there are all those individuals out there in the population that are still on aspirin, there's an opportunity to review that to be considered for anticoagulation. Now, traditionally, many people felt that certain patients can't deal with the monitoring requirements with warfarin, such as a regular INR monitoring or the variable dosing, because many of these patients are variable dosing with different colours. But there are now alternatives, such as the novel or anticoagulants, that, again, have been shown to be non-inferior to warfarin, so non-inferior in terms of the protection of strokes and effectively no difference in the risk of major bleeding. In fact, some of them have actually been shown to be superior to warfarin in terms of stroke and system embolism and certainly safer from a reduction of major bleeding and all of them have been shown to reduce your risk of intracranial hemorrhage. So there are now alternatives to warfarin to further offer support for those patients who, for whatever reason, don't feel warfarin is for them. The other more novel or anticoagulants is perhaps an option. And then the last part of the session was really focusing about how we communicate with patients, especially around anticoagulation. And this is for things like warfarin. Quite often with our junior member of staff, what we might do is portray all the information that we know to patients as opposed to questioning them with use of open questions as a way of ascertaining what their level of knowledge is 
and how we can communicate more effectively. There's a lot of information that we might provide to the patient, but actually we need to find out what they want to know. And then what's typically associated with counselling patients is, did that all make sense? Did you understand that? And quite often the natural response is yes. And what we need to do is perhaps ask questions in an open manner with good non-verbal communication as a way of assessing their level of understanding. So with warfarin, we know that we need an INR of two to three. Perhaps it's useful for us to ask them saying, so now if you've got an INR of three, what does that mean for you? Or there might be some other indications to say, okay, so what time of dosing would work for you? You know, we'd like to dose people around six o'clock and that's really to make it easier that if we need to alter the dose, we can do it that same day as opposed to waiting for the next day. But it's really about utilising the skills that we have and develop from undergraduates about how to counsel patients and build up that rapport with the individual with them. And there are simple things of explaining side effects at the risk of bleeding, the bruising and how they'd manage it and what type of side effects they're experiencing and how they can manage that. So clearly if they've got a major bleed or a nosebleed that's uncontrolled bleeding, then clearly they may need to see a specialist or see someone about that as opposed to somebody who's cut themselves shaving. They need to understand that you'll find that it will take a bit longer to continue bleeding. But what's really important is that we assess what their level of knowledge is afterwards and their understanding of the condition. And quite often what we tend to forget is them understanding the importance of taking it. So for the example of atrial fibrillation, we talk about stroke. And when we talk about stroke for the patient, they tend to think about this debilitating condition. And unfortunately for strokes that associate with atrial fibrillation, they often are far more debilitating than strokes without atrial fibrillation. And also it's associated with a higher mortality rate. So these are sort of things that we need to explain to the patients so they feel more comfortable and then they can make an informed choice and decision as to whether anticoagulation is for them and ensuring that which choice of anticoagulant will fit in best for them. And then lastly, what we need to think about is for whether it's warfarin or the novel or anticoagulants is to make sure that they have some form of association to help them remind them to take their tablets. And what I mean by that is if you think about taking a antibiotics, we've all been on antibiotics where they might have to be taken three times a day, but we know that most people tend to forget a dose or two. And most people forget is the lunchtime dose. And the reason for that is because we tend to have a routine in the morning, we have a routine in the evening, and that association helps us to remind us to do things. So we brush our teeth twice a day. And what we need to do is establish an association that would work for that individual patient in front of us so that it will help them remind them to take their tablets at the same time. Thank you very much.